Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Lost and Found Ministry Podcast. We are recording live here in Semple Studios. I'm Clint Marker. I'm, I'm Dave. Dave Garza. I'm Dave Schneider. Or Dave Schneider or Dave Garza. Yep. There's two Daves here. Two Daves. <laughs> Either way, we're all here. Daving it up. <laughs> we're Daving all it right. up. All right, guys. So what we're here to do today is we're here to talk about Dave Garza's testimony. Uh-oh. All right. So this is going to be a 44-part series. Oh, man. I thought it was 45. 666-part series. You guys, my life is not that. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. So it all started on August 15th, 1956. Right. Yes. All right. 56. I know, man. I'm not not that that old. old. I just said whatever day came to mind. All right. So anyway, so we're here to talk about your story, Dave. My story. And so I feel the very first question should be, how do you start this off? (laughs) <laughs> I no. know. Yeah, so uh so kind of kind of give us the breakdown of your life story. So just start wherever you feel God is leading and has led your story to start and we'll just kind of go from there and ask questions absolutely man this is going to be interesting i've actually had the opportunity to share my testimony many times and it's always terrible as you guys probably know because people are like hey will you give your testimony for about five minutes (laughs) yeah uh okay so (laughs) yeah but you were seriously concerned like man you told like four parts i know like 70 hours yeah i can't testimony it's like yeah well you get the same I, opportunity. I, yeah, here. talking about myself that much, man, it's just hard. It's just you told it so, like, the storytelling was, yeah. like, articulately approached. And, like, Do you guys like, hold me to way too high of a standard. Hey, on we're this not one. the only ones, know. man. All the listeners enjoyed it. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. I, I don't mean, know. Like, I, I would add some popcorn and a soda. Like, man, just keep talking, brother. Uh, yeah. I'll listen to your story. <laughs> All right. All right. So, how does this start, Dave? Right, so, you started right. in Japan, right? Uh, <laughs> listen, it was 1913. <laughs> it was just a couple years after the Titanic went down. I swam to shore. Uh, no. Wow, that's a great story. Isn't it? Isn't it? That's why I'm so pale. I'm a polar bear. I swam I past the glaciers. Explains a lot. <laughs> Saltwater did a number yeah. to you, huh? All right. I'm the reason Casper was written. Ah. All right. So, anyway, I. Uh, all right. <laughs> all right, guys. So, all right. Well, I mean, we're just going to just start off. All right. I was born in the year of 1984. Um, I was actually supposed to be born in 85, but I was a couple months premature. And uh, if you know me personally, you know that I have some really messed up eyes. Um, it's uh my eyes are i've got constant movement in my eyes and a lot of that's due to the premature birth you know back in the 80s it wasn't like it is today you know a a kid can be born like four and a half five months premature and end up just fine right you know clearly i didn't end up just fine uh Uh, yeah (laughs) you know it's all right it makes me special Uh, just ignore the twitch um but yeah, so I mean, just to say, just starting off, man, it, it, it Satan kind of had it out for me and my mother. Uh, after I was born, uh, they, you know, I had a lot of health issues. Um, I think she had said for quite some time I was in the uh, ICU. Uh, they couldn't get me to. I was malnutrition. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't accept food. I was very sick. Uh, things did not look good. And then on top of that, uh, my mom got really sick. The birth was horrible for her. Um, 
so just right off the bat, you know, Satan just trying to jump in against my family and against my life. And so growing up, though, you know, as uh, when I was about the age of four, uh, like I said, being premature and I've had the eye issues, they started noticing that like my eyes were so blue and just say like the baby pictures, it's kind of crazy. Like my eyes almost look transparent. I'm not kidding. Like wow. they were so crystal blue. And what it is, is they finally discovered that I was born with a, a very rare eye condition called linked ocular albinism and nystagmus. And what that is, is so sounds to, like, yeah, to break all this down for you guys. Oh, uh, that one. Cause I yeah, that one, yeah. that one, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? So <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about it. Right. No, it, it, uh, what it is, is okay. So in your eye, you have a pigment in the back of your eye. You guys been to the eye doctor, of course, right? I got a pig in the back of my eye. <laughs> you, there is. Uh, oh, okay. Yes, it's it's not Charlotte's Web or what's his name? Anyway, like Wilbur. Anyway, so in the back of your <laughs> markers over here, trying to hold it together. Uh, anyway, so in the back of your eye, if you've been to the eye doctor, they take they'll take images mm-hmm. of your eyes. Right, and of course, it's not like you don't see the retina, you don't see the colorful part of the eye. It's mm-hmm. like a bloody red-looking image. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is the pigment in your eye. All right, I was born without the pigment in my eye. All right, um, and so what happens is, is the pupil actually moves and bounces the more light there is mm. to block the muscles in my eyes from being hit with the direct light. Oh. It's a defense mechanism. It's okay. My pupils are trying to protect my eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's where the movement comes from. You'll notice if I'm really tired, they, they'll shake like crazy, dude. And uh, the more light, the brighter the room, the more my eyes shake. Mm. Um, so that's that's been a struggle, and they figured this out. My, my dad and my grandfather actually took me to Iowa City when I was four, and from what I'm told... Uh, my dad and my grandfather were not exactly the nicest guys because they went in and saw this top eye specialist, all right, and uh, told my dad and my grandpa that I'd never drive, that they needed to immediately have me put on disability Mm. because I'd never drive, I'd never go to school, a normal school, you know, I wouldn't be able to do anything. Mm. They wanted me to immediately start learning Braille, um, and, and I know this for a fact because I have packets that my mom has given me that she kept from when I was a kid, man. And, and they did. They immediately were like, nope, he's going to be full on blind. Uh, sorry about your luck. Uh, wow. Enjoy. Uh, apparently, my dad didn't take that very well. <laughs> apparently, well, him yeah. and my grandpa pretty much told the doctor uh, uh, some not so Christian words about where he could put his opinion. And so going on in life, Uh, They ended up finding uh, just one good step was they found a doctor in uh, Texas Children's Hospital, Dr. Von Orden, a German doctor, who was the only doctor in the world who was qualified to operate on my eyes. Um, So they took me down and started getting some hope. They noticed that after the surgeries, there was some control. Uh, The eyes quit moving as much, but we started falling into this pattern of where we figured out about a year and a half, two years after the surgery, the eyes were shaky and weak again. Mm-hmm. And what? So I- inevitably, what's happening is they did muscle reconstructive surgery on my eyes, and they would tighten the muscles because they were worn down. 
think about it like a rubber band. If you take a rubber band and you stretch it and stretch it and stretch it and stretch it and stretch it, right. after you do Eventually, that, eventually it's right. gonna break. That's yeah. right. It's gonna break and it it yep. sags. It had there's no uh, what would it you call it? There's no tenacity tension. to it. Right, there, yeah, right. there's no tension to it. Is it elasticity? Elasticity. There thank you, you. Thank you. That was good. Thank I, you. Thank you. I, yeah. I would have never, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I was searching for it. Couldn't find it. So then we would have to go about every two years to repeat the surgery. Okay. And that, that had to get real super expensive after a while. Oh, I'm, dude. I, you're seeing this specialist guy oh, man. in Texas, not to mention the drive from Iowa to Texas. And young. Right. and young and right. you're wow okay yeah so. yeah and where, where they actually not to gross anyone out it, it really was a very intense surgery they mm. would remove the eye mm. to get to the muscle right. and so then when i i can remember when i was a little man waking up from surgery you know it felt like i had glass in my eyes mm. um right. I couldn't have really any... dry oh dude yeah, like real dry yeah like oh here let's put the ocean in your eyeball thank you um and i here's the cool part i do remember like going back to school after you know it took a couple weeks where they'd Could send you me like back to school. slap the back of your head and have your eye pop out or <laughs> i wish cool. but what actually happened was i would have a discharge of blood out of my eyes mm. so i would randomly have blood tears come out of my eyes and the whites of my eyes were blood red mm. so everybody at school thought that was super cool that's like stigmata <laughs> uh, stuff right yeah there, dude, dude. that's it, like a horror story yeah i'll sure. have to i'll have to see if we can dig up some pictures he, man. good lord i don't uh, know if i want to see him did this <laughs> ever happen around <laughs> halloween uh yes yes that's when we just put some horns on each side of my head <laughs> a little ginger kid anyway so i didn't need to wear red uh but yeah it just all worked out in my favor anyway <laughs> right. but you know in the midst of this as you said uh you know just to kind of segue out of that that was just a major struggle that i've still to this day i struggle with you know, uh, right. with my vision as I'm getting older, yes, there's some there's some progressive vision loss that's going going to happen. I mean, if God decides to heal me, he'll heal me, you know. But right. other than that, that's not my focus. Um, but in the midst of all of this as a child, you know, I grew up with a great childhood. I really did. My dad, you said, you know, expenses of all this, you know, praise God. My father being probably one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life always worked his butt off to make sure we had great insurance mm. to make sure that these things could happen because i've right. seen the bills yeah. dude i can't imagine that this was uh something that was real cheap to oh do. dude no. dude no, I like i know wait. the surgeries alone were alone were in the hundreds of thousands of dollars you right. know yeah and then i mean considering there's one specialist right. surgeon that's what i was thinking yeah. in the world that yeah. can do this like where else are you gonna go that's you right one well doctor. and uh, you, i had two of them there in texas and then okay. i ended up having two more done and because dr von orden retired right. yeah. because i mean when i saw him when i was four or five or six somewhere in there i mean he was like 80 years old then right so as i you know so he ended up retiring and i ended up going to dr Mominy at Johns Hopkins University mm. in Baltimore, Maryland. Right. And prestigious medical hospital. Right. And anyway. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but anyway, so, yeah, you know, my, my father and my mother uh, growing up, you know, mom, I think dad had a hydraulic business of his own before he went to uh, Pirelli Armstrong. Uh, if you, that's where the uh, Titan Tire in Des Moines okay. used to be Pirelli Armstrong. So what it what was what was the business of that place? Was the tires like Titan Tire? Uh, yeah, Pirelli Armstrong. Yeah, it was a tire factory. Okay. And right. my dad went to college for hydraulics okay. and couplings. Uh, 
and uh, there's not a lot of people out there that did that. Mm. Right. So he got a great job that's making cool. good money. Yeah, yeah. That's you really know, good. and because you know uh, there just wasn't a lot of people who did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway, so you know that was always cool, and he just really provided. And like I said, my childhood was great, guys. Aside from that, I mean. We had, you know, the whole world was telling me I was going to be blind. I couldn't do all this. You know, there's, I started off playing t-ball, you know, and uh, they figured out I had a knack for baseball. I uh, okay. was real good at it. Uh, riding three-wheelers at my grandparents' farm, you know, never hit a tree. So clearly I could see, uh, at least I don't think I hit a tree. Uh, <laughs> not on purpose. But, not that you not on purpose. Yeah, not that I could remember. Uh, maybe you never wear a helmet either. So no, no, this was before all this safety, safety didn't exist until it, I had kids. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Safety did not exist and not everybody was a winner. You had to work <laughs> for it. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, so three wheelers. <laughs> so yeah, baseball. man, you know, yep. I mean, clearly there were things going on that showed that they were wrong, mm-hmm. you know, right. and all of this just to start off with, you know, saying that my entire life, I do not recollect the time I was not in church. Um, okay. uh, my grandparents on both sides, uh, the Garzas and the Taylors, uh, my grandfather, uh, David Garza Sr., uh, has been a part of the Catholic Church as far as I know his whole life, mm-hmm. or most of his life, you know. Uh, so, like, anytime I went to Grandma and Grandpa Garza's, uh, we were going to church. We were going down to St. Ambrose Cathedral downtown. Anytime I was at Grandma and Grandpa Taylor's, I was going to First Church of the Open Bible. And so, and was, you know, raised in this. And never knew a time. I can't recollect the time I wasn't involved in church. So being prayed for, uh, you know, I can remember Pastor Ken Gruen of Open Bible when I was real little, you know, going up and being prayed over and the whole church praying over me. I can remember going to the Catholic Church and the whole church praying over me. Um, so there was no lack of God. Okay. Right. So the, I, I just want to dr- uh, ask one question. Yeah. So like the Catholic church and then the very Pentecostal yes. charismatic church. Yes. That's a really heavy swing. Uh, yes, I was. Uh, so how did you deal with, <laughs> oh, I mean, like what was the thought? Pro- I'm sure that both sides had its benefits yes absolutely man can you talk a bit about yeah what those benefits were yeah i can remember you know being a little confused you know like oh man i go to i go to grandma and grandpa taylor's church and man you know we're we're we're, we're singing we're 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 praising god the, everything was a little different you know right. yes and and it wasn't so formal mm-hmm. okay i mean this of course was still in the time where women had to wear long dresses and every man in church wore a suit and tie you know of course things have changed praise god you know we're you we're, still we're, wear a suit and tie i do yes <laughs> i do because i was raised in it and it just you know i like to take that opportunity but it's a vast difference from where i was a few years ago and we'll get there but right. uh <laughs> we're not there yet we're not there yet but you know the benefits of it was you know in the catholic church my grandparents, and I'll give this to both sides, never once was there a David, don't listen to them, because right. they're wrong. Never was it a David, you can't go there. It's like we're both we're both on the same team. Yes, yes. Yeah. So even before we got to this being progressive thing, 
mm-hmm. the world, you yes. know, where we're starting to break down some of these denominational barriers. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to give it to my grandparents, man. No matter what, I was in church. Right. And the focus was Jesus Christ. Right. You know, yeah. always. Always. And I was never forced. Right. I ever, ever. And they both built each other up. So I got to give it to them. Like I said, my grandparents are all amazing people. You mean to tell me that you went through your whole childhood and was never forced to go to church? Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Hang on. Let me clarify. <laughs> I just tried to say. Let That's me impressive. clarify. That is impressive. Let man. me clarify. They did a great job. With I was you. forced to go. I didn't have an option. Okay. <laughs> okay. This was back when parents took authority over their bratty children. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, it, sorry about that, but that's the truth. And, uh, but yes, I mean, I was forced to go, but I was, ne- it was never like, no, you can't go there more than right, here. Yeah. You I know, know what you're saying. You I, know, it, 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 it opened Bible when I was a kid, man, I was a part of King's kid. I don't know if anybody out there listening remembers this, but I that's thought before my time. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. King's kids was awesome, dude. That was the thing. It's long before Clint's time. You know, he's still in the youth. <laughs> time yeah, right. Here, you know? right. But, uh, but man, it was, you know, we'd go and do that. But I was also so grateful to just be like, even at the Catholic church, man, number one, St. Ambrose Cathedral is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. Right. If you've yeah, never been in there. Most Catholic churches are oh, very dude, beautiful it, You know, and I remember being a kid looking up at the walls and everything like, wow. You know, yeah, like, yeah, like I can stained glass. I, oh, dude. Yes. So, it, be, so pretty. Yes. In the yeah. organ. That's yeah. like the size of the church, <laughs> yeah. you know? And right. anyway, and I, there's we, a lot to say for tradition, man. Oh, like, absolutely. Sure. I mean, we as Pentecostals, uh, charismatic people don't necessarily view that. No, but I, I feel like, you know, the Catholic Church and like the Lutheran Church still live their lives in in kind of that tradition. Like tradition is oh, very man. important in in that, that circle oh, from the what best. I've come to understand, you know, like. Yeah, you know, we're not getting rid of tradition. No, here. that's right. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, just to throw some benefits out there, man. The Catholic Church taught me to be disciplined in prayer. Right. It huh. taught me to always go and get down on my knees and talk to God. Right. It didn't matter where you were. Didn't matter what was going on. You did it. Right. And and so the discipline side for sure came out of my Catholic fam- my Catholic side of my family. Right on. And I appreciate that, sure. you know, and right. and. And, it, you know, and then the, the Pentecostal side pushed me to have that deep, intense relationship with Christ. Right. So, man, you smash that together and by people bringing me up correctly and and not making it a theological debate. Right. Right. Over who's, who's way right, is better. Who's that's wrong. Right. That, and yeah. they might have had these arguments, but sure. I don't know. They never did right. it in front of me. Right. Well, well like, that's it's good. almost that, like they kind of let you. Figure it Figure out. It out. Yes, yeah, yes. I, mean, I was never pushed or pulled one other way, man. Right. So I grew up with God all over my life. And, you know, I was the youngest of five. You know, I got two older brothers and two older sisters. Um, we all grew up in the same home together. That explains a lot, too. That's, yeah, it's where I get my brattiness. Because <laughs> uh, I'm the youngest. Yeah, dude. Uh, but trust me, I didn't get what I Your wanted. Your parents loved you more than <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I think they were ready to punch out by the time I came along, but uh, so you were the youngest <laughs> out of out of you have out two of five. Older, yep, yep, you got two older brothers. Two yeah, older and my sisters. older brothers are uh, not way older. I'm trying to think. I think you know Christopher. I think he's forty six. Just turned forty six. Brian is probably just turning forty five. They're like a year and a day apart. 
Okay. And then my sister Amy, she's down in uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, well, Chris is here in, in town with us. I get to see him and talk to him on a regular basis. That's cool. Uh, Brian is now in Colorado Springs, I believe, or outside of Colorado Springs. Uh, real outdoorsy. And last I knew, he ran like a, like a, uh, does like guide stuff out in the mountains and stuff. Mm. Pretty cool stuff. That is kind of cool. Uh, my sister Amy, the next oldest, she's, I believe, 42. Uh, you guys, if I'm getting your ages wrong, it's whatever. We'll fight about it later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm pretty close. Um, and Amy's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, she moved down there with the with the guy she married, Michael. Um, and they actually, they are way active in their church. Uh, my sister's an amazing sing- singer. She's just got a beautiful voice, and and Michael's way in the. You know, they both were on the same path towards God. Right. That's um, good. Yeah. And so that's great. And then my other sister Angela is out in North Carolina. Uh, you know, she's uh same way, still in church. You know, all of us were raised in church, man. We were all raised with the same upbringing. So I had a good childhood, man. Lots of sports. Huge family. Okay. I think I'm one grandchild out of 28 grandchildren wow um yeah so like holidays legitimately we were all at the farm um don't know how grandma and grandpa survived that um but it was a farm so So you know we could get kicked out in the barn and how were you with your brothers and sisters were, would you say that you guys were close when you were kids? Uh, would you say that you fought all the time? Like you know, you... man, growing up, growing up. I know a sibling rivalry. Yes. Happens, oh, absolutely. Well, know. Christopher being the oldest, uh, you know, and we'll get to this as we get down in the story a little more. It always cracked me up because growing up, just to be honest, you know, me and my oldest brother Chris, we didn't really have much of a relationship. I was like the bratty little brother, and he was the mature older one. He wanted me out of his way, and I wanted to run and break his stuff. So we never buy, you know what I mean? Works out. But but when, the cool part was, like, when it came to playing baseball, you know, we'd go out and play some ball. We'd play catch. Right. Uh, he loved playing football because he could smash me into the ground, and I got the chance <laughs> to throat punch him when I got it, you know, when I could, and stuff like that. But me and my brother Brian were, as a child, we were close. Okay. He was always cool. He was always the take his little brother with him places, you know. Right. I can remember him having a... One of his first cars, man, he had a Camaro. And I just thought he was like the coolest dude. It was like, you know, 1992, 93, and my brother's driving me around in his Camaro blaring rock music, you know? And right. like, I felt like the cool kid, you know? And so him and I always had a great relationship. What did rock music sound like in the 1950s? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Anyway, one for the money, two for the show. <laughs> Not that old. Uh, you guys are almost but, the same age, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, let's just be clear. Schneider's <laughs> a year and a half older than I am. Oh. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah, yeah. you'll he's get wor- those diapers back. In yeah. Uh-huh. He's working on forty-one. <laughs> I'm working on thirty-nine. So let's uh, be clear uh, on that. But uh, anyway, uh, so me and Brian were close. Uh, me and my sister Amy. I mean, love my sister death, but we never had like a close relationship. Right. There, it yeah. wasn't a bad relationship. It was just never close. It, it was, sure. yeah, right. It, it, you know, they, yeah. and, and and that was it, the hard part growing up in my family was each and every one of us were involved. Okay, like both of my sisters were in gymnastics. They were in dance. They were in 
da 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 you know, just, I mean, a list of stuff. Amy got into playing basketball, and, you know, she did gymnastics and sang, and Angela was big into gymnastics, way over Amy. Like, that was Angie's thing. And But me and Angela were very close. Always have been. You know, that's just, I don't know, maybe it's just being the two youngest, right. you know, because we're like a year and a half apart, almost two years, I believe. And it, we just always, you know, we could we could hang out, watch movies. We could mm-hmm. go do this. We did this stuff together, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And that's so... All in all, good relationships. Right, yeah. Not horrible. Right, but, right. Yeah. Not horrible. You know, like I said, but for the most part, the closest was with Brian and Angela. I mean, just being honest, that's, you know, when we were kids. And childhood was real great, man. And and then, you know, didn't get in a whole lot of trouble. I was your typical just, I was a boy, you know. Mm. If I saw something, I'd probably break it. Um. It, you know, you can do that naturally. I I, I, I am good at breaking stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I love to throw dirt. I uh, I love to go climb trees and see how far I could fall before I broke something. <laughs> um, spend the day at the creek. You know, that's just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. We weren't raised to sit in front of a TV. Mm-hmm. Wasn't allowed. Not happening. Um, you know, raised on good farm cooking. Uh, mom can cook like a beast. Uh, she learned from grandma who can out beast mom. And right. so, yeah, that's where I get the, the back fat over here. That's good old country cooking. Uh, sure. <laughs> that's what we'll call it. And, but, you know, great childhood anyway. And just, you know, kind of a normal 1980s, 1990s childhood, man. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, we rode our bikes. We had fun. We didn't sit in front of TVs. We actually were active. Um, we had one phone in the house. We had, yeah, yeah, we had one for- phone that was mounted to the wall with yep. a cord on yep. it. Um, I know you kids out there are like, what? Yeah, they had, had cords. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah, wow. I did. Yeah, we That's had, impressive. We had did you, the cords. Was it rotary? No. No, no it wasn't. No? It's no. the click on the wall. like yeah. Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> Get off of the phone. Are you sure you had a phone or was it a Morse code machine? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was smoke signals. Uh, we, we would light candles in the right, backyard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, just a normal life. And then uh, things started getting a little rough. When I was about 11, my folks divorced. Um, mm. Mom and dad just, things were kind of rough there. You know, I don't remember a whole lot of what or why, and not really my business. Uh, that was their relationship. You know, granted, they're mom and dad, but still, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, child is not that's none of my business you know still to this day i don't i don't care to know why or reasons or point fingers and cool part is is going through that my parents never did that either you know i didn't hear dad say oh your mother this or and i didn't yeah, hear mom that's say oh your father this right you know clearly animosity there mm-hmm, but right. they never poured it out on us kids you know it's, and it, it they showed you like one of the big um things with kids i i can imagine because my wife's kind of gone through this a little bit but you know like is this my fault right you know, it, they right. kind of answer that question without even having to address it that's like, right yes yes they don't know because this isn't any that it's not their fault. it's not their fault so right. we don't have to do that for them you that, know right I mean? exactly and so you know i i did you know take some accountability on it you know i i, I wasn't that kid where i like you know all of a sudden boo-hoo this happened to me 
you know, which is okay. I'm not putting that down. You know, having your parents split up, That's people tough. take that differently, and it's yeah. tough. Right. I remember it being tough, but I don't remember it being like devastating. Right. You know, I always tried to look at the positive. I'm like, dude, two Christmases, uh, two birthdays. All right. You Get know, a lot of presents. You know, you know, and oh, I got a room at dad's house, and I got a room at mom's house. <laughs> Sweet, right. I get twice the junk, you know, which right. was not true. <laughs> they humbled me on that one. Uh, but, you know, so folks split up and I stayed with mom for, oh, about two years. Mm-hmm. And in that two years, it wasn't so much that I was like out getting in like criminal trouble. Mm-hmm. I started screwing off school. You know, I started, I got to the point where I was like, man, I don't have to do this. I'm going to go to dad's this weekend or, mm. you know, I don't have to do, why, why do I need to do this? You know? So I think that's probably where it affected me subconsciously was I kind of got in that and eh, whatever, I don't care mentality, you know, and things started going downhill and not just at school, but at home, you know, I began to the point where I really fighted or fighted. Wow. Dave, that's a vocabulary on point. I was plotted, almost. Uh, <laughs> I started fighting, you know, going to church. You know, I I can remember this starting to happen, and I remember uh, Grandpa Taylor, man, uh, bless his heart, like my best friend ever, missed my grandfather, but uh, I remember him picking me up one time, and I didn't want to go. And I remember having that woodshed talk with Grandpa. Grandpa was not the type, never once did he ever raise his voice. Like, I cannot recollect Grandpa ever raising it, his it's voice. It's one of those deals, like, I never rose, raised my voice, so that when I do, you know it's right. real. That's right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man. And, well, his tone. Right. He never had to be loud. Both of my grandfathers. Oh, good Lord. Guy, Grandpa Garza's a big man. If he would have ever yelled at me, I probably would have peed my pants. Like, I'm not kidding. He's a big man. And mm-hmm. uh, just carried authority with him and a lot of it's that spiritual authority mm. you know and i respected my grandparents big right. time yeah you didn't so much as you know, i would never act out of line in front of them because i knew i'd be going home and get my butt whooped mm. if grandpa said oh david did this yeah me and dad are gonna be having a uh, coming to jesus moment when i go home right and i just never wanted to disrespect them but i remember grandpa picking me up and i remember cruising down the road and and just having this talk with him where he just, you know, he he was always kind of funny with words and, and the way he would say things, you know. I mean, the most I ever heard the man cuss in my life was he had, he would get frustrated and jiggle his keys in his pocket and say, crime in Italy. That's <laughs> how much of a godly man my grandfather was. <laughs> to and be that, fair, you never heard him smack his fing- finger with a hammer. That's true. I never <laughs> I never witnessed Grandpa smack his finger with a hammer. I know that's, that's, a, uh, that's a hard one to be spiritual about. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> But, you know, I can remember him picking me up and having a talk with him and him just telling me, you know, I'm sorry for what's going on, you know, and uh, this is the path you're headed down if you try not to go to church, you know, and he did everything he could to keep me in church. And so I just, that really stood out to me. And I remember really giving it a shot, like, okay, keep picking me up on Sundays, keep picking me up on Wednesdays, we're going to keep doing this, you know, but at this point, I was right at about 13 years old and started really getting this rebellious mentality. Started fighting in school a lot. I figured out I could throw my fists really well. Not a good thing. 
And, right. you know, I had no fear. I was always that kid that would, you know, oh, sure. I mean, clearly the fear thing still doesn't exist. I'm happy to jump out of a plane with Clint. Um, <laughs> That's <you know. laughs> a whole new level. And But that became a problem, dude. 13-year-old boy thinks he's tough, right. thinks he can't get hurt. Like right. I did, and I just had that. Sure, punch me in the head. Yang, I hurt my head. Mm-hmm. I got a big dome. If you've seen me in person, my I got a ten pound water head. All right, I got a big head. Mm-hmm. All right, and I just had this thought that I was just ten foot tall and cojones of steel and bulletproof. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this started to go way bad. Uh, at thirteen, I remember I finished the school year, and mom and dad gave me a great surprise. I was going to be spending the next uh, 10 weeks of summer at uh, Whitworth Military Academy in Lexington, Missouri. This sounds like a great experience. So um, things started to go bad. Was this a way to try and mitigate you going completely off the rails? Yes, this was uh, an attempt. a, A specific thing that happened not yet that they okay yeah not yet i hadn't really been in trouble with the law nothing like that um i think like one time you know i was out throwing rocks and breaking windows at a junkyard outside altoona one time and luckily you know we grew up out there man and and local cops took me home instead of throwing me in meyer hall you know like he didn't send you to juvie no he was like i'll take you to your father i know he'll handle you better than juvie (laughs) and we believed in discipline and uh you know so this was really the first big stretch to kind of keep me from going south uh it was this uh summer program which involved school it wasn't just a go and make you run all summer type thing they taught you how to march how to do all that stuff how to maintain your room just you know it was like a jrotc you know okay. and uh but with school was there still... specific branches of this like is uh, it... wentworth is the one that was army based okay okay uh in the future we'll talk about the next one yes there's more uh <laughs> oh, right. but we really found out you know this was an attempt to straighten me out but we did figure out in this point that i responded to structure mm. because you know, I was having all these problems at home, and then I go to this military academy for this program, and they're like, yeah, David's doing amazing. Um, he likes the physicalness. Dude, we did, like, obstacle courses. Right, we yeah, did, that, like, that can be yeah. fun. I, dude, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed learning how to march. I, I was raised with a high respect for military. Right. Uh, extreme high respect for military in our country, in our flag. And so, you know, to me, this was really awesome. So right. the learning that you're doing, are you kind of learning like the, the basics of the army? So like the army's got a certain code, the army's got certain you know general orders. Yes. Uh, yes. The army's got you know like they teach you the structure of the chain of command. Yes. They teach yes. you those, yes. those things. So are they yep. kind of teaching you those things? Oh, absolutely. You start off, you go in as a, what they call a rat. You are a recruit at training. Hmm. I can still remember the stinking chant, dude. I think it was like, I you had to say sir, and you had to go through in order to move up in rank to be to not be a rat and go to uh, corporal. Okay. Uh, to get some, you know, mm-hmm. to get a stripe on your shoulder. Right. Uh, and not just be solid black bars. 
right you, you had to memorize this pamphlet of rules mm-hmm. and and stuff like that you know and your room had to be inspected for like two weeks straight and be perfect and you know these guys would walk uniform, in uniform press oh dude you're talking your gig line perfect your yeah. name tag everything yeah. shine your your shoes man if they couldn't see their teeth in the toe of your shoes mm-hmm. you didn't pass uh if your breath didn't smell like beautiful lovely crest and your hair was i'm telling you dude they were strict on us okay and they needed to be we were there for a reason right Right. and but you know it's like like i said i still it's funny i think one of it was like what was the chant it was like icer amser acer rats or icer amser lower sir then sir acer kemper sir colonel sir thank you sir and (laughs) kemper was a rivalry military academy Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, they beat it in my head, clearly. Because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I was reciting that in my sleep. Um, so they're, treat, they're training us. So you're Not talking only, about discipline. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. discipline. Yeah. Discipline. Okay. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah, I left my socks on the floor <laughs> one night and uh, ended up sitting in the uh, thinking position for about two hours. With a bucket on your head? Uh, yes, sir. Like Gomer Pyle? Uh, yes, sir. All right. Yes, Um. Yeah, my legs never hurt so bad in my life. <laughs> but you know what I didn't do? Didn't do that again. I did never leave my socks on the floor again. <laughs> didn't do that That's again. for sure. I think I even went through the hallway and picked up other people's socks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Nobody's going to go through this. But, if I'm right. But I succeeded there. Right. And That's I good. really did. Like, it, I didn't do so great. I still struggled with the, with the schooling part. But it was like mm. four hours a day of school, and then the rest of it was physical training, PT. Um, and then they would do like little war game type things of like capture the flag. We would go out at dark and, you know, this of course was in a time before, Oh, don't hurt the children. You know, this was when they were trying to make men of us, right? right. you know, and, and, and teach us some real good structure. Sure. And I thrive, you know, I think when my parents came, I had gotten up to private, which was the highest you could get in that short time, you know? Then I didn't even reach that until graduation day, you know, because it was a 10 week program, Mm -hmm. uh, which was run by ROTC guys who were getting ready to head out themselves into service, you know, Mm -hmm. to head out to basic training. That's what they, at least that's what I remember. And, you know, it it just so really succeeded, found out structure works for me, you know, giving me the opportunity to do what I wanted was not good. Uh, I clearly was not <laughs> good at making choices. Of mm-hmm, course, right. at 13 years old, uh, you know, I wanted to run around with girls. So and, you said this was only a 10 week program. So yeah. you, uh, it was, it wasn't even a year long. No, no, just 10 a, weeks. It was all summer. I didn't get a summer that year. Mm, uh, this was you. the summer of 1996 or 97. I can't remember exactly. Mm. Um, and I went home, and I remember. Uh, going back to school but at this point they made the decision that maybe it was time for me to not be at mom's not that mom did a bad job but that dad could really break his foot off where it needed to be broke off right so the discipline at, right. at home right that's right so you're trying to uh, implement similar things uh, that you just learned in the academy right right to home life that's right. So that we can continue this training. Exactly. So, I'm going to have to cut you off, man. We're getting close yep. to that time. Yeah, that's good, that's no, it's a good stopping yeah, point. It's a good, it's a good stopping point. Yeah, so it works for me. We're at a point where, you know, Dave 
his eye situation. He had a yep. lot going on. He grew up in church. Yep. You know, uh, didn't really have any conflict because it's two different types of church and all that stuff. And had a really good childhood. His dad was taking him to the doctor, doing mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yep. Uh, then his parents split up and um, things started to get a little bit more rough. And so he ended up going to basically a JROTC program for <laughs> yep. 10 weeks yep. to try and get things straightened out. So that's kind of where we're at in Dave's story when we come back. I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what this next year kind of looked like. Not and, good. And start, it goes <laughs> further down the. Yeah, we would be disappointing you if you said it got better. Yeah, no. Right. No. So, yeah, man, this is a really, really good story so far. And I don't yeah. know what you're talking about, but you're doing just as good as yeah, I do. Yeah, man, I think it's. It, I've actually enjoyed your te- your your testimony, your story. I've I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, good, it's good that. See, now we had just spoken about brotherhood, and this is where they're required to build me up. There you go. So I, no, I'm just. Yeah, I nah, agree. That's, I, I appreciate it. You know, you when guys. you were talking about and, picking up socks, I was thinking of brotherhood. I was like, see, he experienced that pain, and he's yes. trying to help his brothers uh, yeah. not right. experience yeah, that pain. Exactly. It was either <laughs> it, it, trying to help my brothers or in absolute fear of my thighs feeling like they were going to burst through my skin. Because <laughs> you never know when they'll they'll take somebody else's socks and say, all right, now everybody's punished. That's, That's right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't squatting. on that wall alone. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's a go. great start, dude, and we're going to get back into it uh, in a, maybe in a, next week. Yeah, we're I think next week we'll hit another episode. All right, yep. so cool. we'll, we'll, we'll do that, and uh, I think that it's my turn to pray out today. It is your turn. And uh, we'll kind of go from there. So, All right, guys. All right, Lord God, we thank you for another great testimony that we're starting to hear, God, and how great you've moved in Dave's life. And, and I just pray, God, that you continue to build us up with this story and you continue to build Dave up as he tells this story, as he recollects uh, things. God, just help him to remember what he has gone through so that he can help other people maybe that are struggling with similar things to kind of move past where they've been and you know you say in your word that you're no respecter of persons and Mm. if you've done it for dave that you'll help somebody else move past their pain and we just thank you god for the word of our testimony lord that we can bring glory and honor to you and we just praise you in jesus name for all of those things Amen and amen. amen. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again. We will be back in just a few days. Once again, I'm Dave Garza. I'm Dave Schneider. And I'm Clint Marker. And we're just hoping you have a blessed week, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks.